to World Cast, and I am Pete, and I'm joined, of course, with Johnny and Kelly. Kelly, how you doing? Doing awesome, brother. Awesome, man. Johnny, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. Doing good. Doing good. The, the Little League team is 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 doing great. I'm I'm, I'm sure our listeners are dying to know because I know I was. Well, um, I will say, man, we're we're going to straight away a little bit today. Uh, actually, for the next two episodes, we're going to do a two parter here. We're going to be looking at the Crockett Cup 86 that was just added a week or two ago on uh, on the Hidden Gems on the award-winning WWE Network. <laughs> and we've only – I mean, this is a really interesting thing. It's like was one of the first shows where, like, now Mania, everyone – now it's like Mania is like a destination where, like, people from all over the world or all over the U.S. will uh, go to. Crockett Cup 86 was one of the first destination shows uh, in wrestling where this was, you know, it was, had multi had multi uh, promotions involved. It, uh, according to Melcher's write-up on it back in the day, was that it was like it was in New Orleans, but it was like from people from all over the world were there because of uh, having all this talent all in one roof. And the only thing we ever had of this was a uh, was the uh, Back in the day, they had they offered it on VHS. Was all these clip versions of all these matches that, of course, you know, made the rounds. You know, got burnt to you know discs, and people had them. And every, I mean, a lot of people had them. I mean, I know I had them. John, I, I'm pretty sure you had it, right? Uh, yeah, I God, I remember it like it was yesterday. I ordered it along with Starcade, I guess '85, because it came. Yeah, it had to be '85. The, the, the tape for '86 wasn't out yet. Um, and I think I ordered it from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Not yes, yeah. And I remember it was a snow day in school that day, and we all had to go home early. And I got home early, and there was this big package waiting, and it was the mm. Starcade and the Crockett Cup. And, and I, that was back in the day when you'd order it, and it would take six weeks to a month, oh, yeah. two months to get there. Yeah, it would take forever. Oh yeah, and I was like, holy shit, what a perfect thing for a snow day. And I don't know if. My, look, I was 16 years old. I seem to remember it being two tapes, that it was mm. two tapes. But, I mean, I could be wrong. But I, I, I just seem to remember that. And um, and I loved it. I mean, clipped or not, I loved it. Because I remember being super excited uh, when they were announcing it because you had all these different territories were in there. It's like Memphis is represented and, uh, of course, Watts and Crockett and Japan and um, – what have you. And I remember, even though I was, you know, I knew obviously the WWF wasn't going to be involved. There was still a little part <laughs> of me at that time that was going, Oh, you can't, Oh, you know, the WWF should set the team. You know, then, remember, then I remember thinking, well, you know, Wyndham and Rotundo are not in WWF right now. They should have just put them in it, you know, as sort of like the WWF team. I was super into the Crockett cup. Uh, and, and, and the following ones, not so much, because then it just became a Jim Crockett show. Yeah. Yeah, but this one was everybody. So, I mean, except for the dying AWA and WWF, but pretty much, I guess not world class, now that you mentioned it, but, you know, a lot, there was a lot. It just seemed, it just seemed like a, the, the hugest mm-hmm. event from, like, from all people, from all, teams from all around the world. So I, I, I loved it. Yeah, you, you know... Um... And it was really the first of its time like that where all these promotions were working. I mean, we've, they've had some other ones. Like, you'd have a two or three, and then, you know, the pro, US, pro wrestling USA thing. 
But for a tag tournament, this was really epic. And they played it up really big on Crockett Television that made it really, mm-hmm. really interesting. Kelly, what were your thoughts? Uh, were, you, were you watching this when, when they first came or, or not at all? Well, in Canada, we didn't have access, unfortunately, at the time to Crockett TV. But one of the first wrestling mags I ever owned, it, it was a non-after wrestling magazine. I had to check this just before we started because I couldn't remember the title. It was called Superstar Wrestler. Do you remember that magazine? Yes. Uh, yeah, it had more color than the – well, way more color than the after mags. Um, it was very colorful. The the covers had a ton of blurbs on them. It was full of words. But the first one, so it, I think the first wrestling magazine I ever had was a um, sports review wrestling that detailed the Bundy attack on Hogan from Saturday Night's main event. And the one of the uh, like the next ones that I ever had was the cover was the Road Warriors with the Crockett Cup and Ellering holding the check, and and then having a, of course a full review of the show inside. The magazine. So that was my, you know, so within the first few months as a wrestling fan, I had that magazine and I read the review, the pictures and all that. Yeah. And, and just reading it made it seem epic. Like Johnny said, with all the teams from yeah. different countries, um, there was supposed to be a Canadian team, but yeah, we'll talk Brown about that. Martel, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, I didn't see any of it. Like I didn't see the tape when I was a kid. Um, just like the TV, uh, getting tapes from Crockett or NWA, WCW, it was tough to get, at least in Calgary. But later when YouTube became a thing, I saw quite a few of the matches there. And, um, the finals was on the Road Warriors DVD, the WWE DVD. So that's probably where I saw the finals for the first time. And yeah, it was epic. The magazine made it epic. I loved, like... In the subsequent uh, Crockett Cups, even like PWI would cover it, you know, with big coverage. So, yeah, it was it was huge. The tournament, the cup. I mean, if you're a Canadian, it, it resembles the Grey Cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the CFL, the Canadian Football League trophy. Um, so in Canada, we're, we're big on trophies, right? Stanley Cup, Grey Cup, all that. So the Crockett Cup fits right in <laughs> with those kind of grand trophies in the Canadian style. So that's another reason I dug it. I'll tell you what, what's, yeah, another I, fu- real quick, another funny thing was, and this is me, I watched the tape once, and I probably never watched it again. I, I think I only ever, would, would, like, Joey came over, and I was like, and watched it with him, and then I think the only other time I was like, hey, man, you got you, you guys got to watch this fantastic Sheep Herders match. And, yeah. and I'd go back to that, but for the most part, you know, I watched the whole thing once or twice with Joey, and then it just collected dust, and God knows where it is now. Yeah, right. Probably in a... Probably in some in somewhere in Jersey in a hole in the ground. No, uh, it, it, no, it would be somewhere in, in, in Kentucky in a hole in the ground. Okay, my bad. <laughs> uh, you know, and then yeah, you know, this is, and you also got to take into consideration this was like Dave Meltzer when he was he wasn't challenged and uh, he was like the man when he came to this type of stuff and he wasn't throwing out five stars on a weekly basis and stuff mm-hmm. and he had this sheep herder match for. The Fantastics that he rated five stars. So yeah. I mean, we've never really got a chance to see it all in full. So now we do, and we'll get to that eventually. Uh, it, I, I, when I'm ranking them, when I think about all the Holy Grails, not Holy Grails, but all the hidden gems they've thrown up there, I'd have to say this is the second biggest one the network has uh, come through on, uh, right behind the last battle of Atlanta 
And then I think that would be that my third favorite or more important would be maybe uh, the, the big Crockett drop where they had the Piper Valentine match, the Briscoes mm-hmm. for Steamboat and Youngblood and Flair race. And, and maybe one of those when we got them all for uh, the holidays, maybe the uh, Pro Wrestling USA show. Yeah. Uh, but this was really, really up there. Uh, I had the big time Holy Grail. Johnny, where would you like kind of ranking on what they've dropped so far? Um, God, I don't know. Everything to, to me, to me, there's there's Last Battle of Atlanta and everything else. I mean, right? It's yeah. To me, this is like a hidden gem. I was like, I was like, well, the footage exists. You know, they cut it up for the the video release, so it's got to be out there. There was no story that it got left in the back seat of a car. And, and, and melted or anything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, we, I mean, we all knew it was out there, yeah. but it's still, like, I mean, it's been freaking, what, 30, 40 years in the making. Okay, well, no, I do, have my, out there. Okay, I do have my ranking. It's Last Battle of Atlanta, then the AWA breakfast cereal show, <laughs> yes, and of now the Crockett Cup. So that's those three. That is the big three. <laughs> that's all you need right there. What about you, Kelly? Where do you, where do you fall in? Like, where are you like... This is, when, when yeah, this is... Like, like my, my heart skipped a little bit. Like, finally, you know? Uh, uh, so, I, I mean, that's why I was like, I always wanted to check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But but uh, where do you rank it on, on these kind of drops they've done? Yeah, it's up there. Definitely one of the more exciting ones. You know, the first thing I thought was, oh, great, it'll be fantastic sheep herders uncut finally, which is a a holy grail or was a holy grail. So, yeah, this one's definitely up there. And and it's four hours. It's it's a true, you know, hidden gem of epic proportions. So, yeah. Here's the thing. Here's why why it's number three on my list, because even though it's awesome to have everything in full – there was still no Dundee and Landell match. And I was like, yeah, hey, yeah. knocks it a little down. You know me, I'm the Memphis guy. You know, <laughs> that knocks it a, just a little bit down. No, I, I can totally buy that. I, uh, you know, there were some good matches there. They, they left off and obviously I'm assuming they don't exist or maybe it's somewhere lost or who knows. Um, we'll talk about those in a little bit. Uh, but it's also cool. It's like, you know, like today they dropped, uh, an ECW press conference. It was only one two hours. A Terry Funk Lawler match that had been out there, and uh, the Funk's brothers training uh, montage for like a six minute clip. Which you know it's cool to get that, but man, when you get a full four hour show, man, that's a that's a mm-hmm. real true drop. You know yeah. when you when you know you can't knock it off in one day type of thing where you got to come in. I mean, some people did obviously, but uh, uh, yeah, it, it's just something you. You really got to commit to and watch it, and, and he just leaves you a smile on your face because that's just uh, kind of cool. Now, Kelly, what matches were left off off the, the off the thing here? Oh, she uh, <laughs> caught me a bit off guard. Um, let me talk first about the the lead up to the Crockett Cup because I have that prepared, okay. and then I can slowly uh, get the it. card ready. I got okay, it. Johnny's got it. So let me do the the lead up first. So. The Crockett Cup was first announced by Jim Crockett Jr. on the Superstars on the Superstation special that aired February 7th, 1986. This was kind of like the almost the pilot for the Clash of the Champions. Uh, they would do this one, and then they would do another one a year later. Uh, what was it? Superstars on the, in the Super Towns or something like that? Yeah. yeah. And on this one, uh, the Midnight Express won the tag belts from the Rock and Roll Express. Pretty famous match. So that was the first time it was mentioned. So in February it was mentioned. 
Um, on the March 1st WCW show, they announced the Superdome in New Orleans as the location for the tournament. And the date as uh, April 19th was also announced that day. On the March 15th WCW show, they had the press conference in the Ramada Inn in downtown Charlotte. <laughs> and, and this is where the seedings were announced. And uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated was responsible for the seating, or, you know, that was the story given. Um, of course, PWI by this point, or the Aftermags by this point, were heavy uh, promoting um, Crockett Heavy because uh, WWF had uh, kicked Locked them to the curb. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, kicked them out of the garden and uh, started their own magazine. So they were a bit bitter. And it's never changes. No, 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 no. Yo, 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 it's just like it's just like Dave with AEW now. He's the modern day PWI. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And Dave Meltzer who was at the show. He was there live. I mean, yeah. yeah, he was Crockett was sort of his AEW at the time. He was. Yeah, he was. As far as like American promotions went, he was totally um, with them. So the seating, the original seating, was Road Warriors number one, of course. But then number two was Dusty Rhodes and Magnum. Um, and then number three was, let's see, uh, I think the Midnight Express was number three. Yes, they were the tag team champions. And number four was Flair, Flair and Arna Anderson. And my Canadian team, Rick Martel and Dino Bravo, were actually ranked number five. Mm-hmm. Pretty high. Um, number 10 was Ted DiBiase and Steve Williams. So another team that didn't end up happening. And it looks like on the same show, you had Bill Watts come out in the press conference and announce right away that fans deserve a, deserve a chance to see the NWA title change hands in New Orleans. So he made the match for Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes for the NWA title right there. So that canceled out two teams that were announced only minutes earlier, apparently. I don't know. I've never, I haven't seen the press conference. I it's have, kind of, I have. It's, yeah. That's pretty much exactly what he did. <laughs> yes, that's kind of strange. Um, so, of course, um, Ron Garvin replaced Dusty Rhodes on Magnum's team, and Tully Blanchard replaced Ric Flair with Arn, and Terry Taylor replaced Ted DiBiase. I'm not sure what happened there exactly Ted was in uh Japan Japan Mm. okay I would wager that they always plan to have that main event and then yeah change it because I was because what you think about is like well what the fuck is Tully doing you know if Sam Houston's in this fucking thing of course Tully's yeah so I'm sure that was the plan but Garvin and Magnum I remember being very underwhelmed because I got it Dusty and Magnum were America's team yeah but for me, it was like, oh, Magnum and Garvin? Okay. <laughs> oh, it's a tag team tournament. I want tag teams. Yeah, and, you know, and then in hindsight, I bet you they really wish they would have had probably Tully and Arn or the Midnights uh, yeah. in the main event. I mean, just because it felt kind of, I mean, it wasn't a bad match, and we'll talk about it later. But it was just, you know, but the heat felt kind of dead. You know, having babyface team versus babyface team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I- I totally agree. That was a strange choice for the main event. It should have been uh, the roadies against one of the top heel teams. I agree. Um, So, yeah. So anyway, that was what happened. And the last note I have is the attendance for the Crockett cup. 
And it was two shows. There was an afternoon show and an evening show. And apparently, this is according to Wikipedia, so it's maybe not 100% accurate. Um, the afternoon show drew 3,500, which is not a good number for a Superdome no. show. <laughs> and the evening show was significantly better, 13,000. Still not. I mean, they were drawing, I think, still around 20,000 for some of their, for the Mid-South Superdome shows yeah. at the time. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of it, again, is, you know, people, it was more of like we talked, but those 13,000, I think I think Meltzer at the time said half of them were travelers or something. Uh, wow. Yeah, he, he was talking about it was like a big, big traveling type of thing. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of it was, again, was it, the territories, you know, you didn't get everybody's TV, so it was like, all you're getting is this, but you're going to see them from the after mag. So for, for your locals who, I mean, you, your hardcores are obviously going to be there, your hardcore fans, but the local guys who are the key figures that when it comes to, to making a break in your house, they just probably, these they didn't view these guys as stars for them, you know? Yeah, I was still very much a regional, yeah. you know, environment in the States where, yeah, I mean, Dusty Rhodes, of course, but yeah, he wasn't in the tournament, but they had the, the title match, um, Blair and Dusty, but I mean, that had been done a lot before. I'm not sure if it had been done in Mid-South before. Let, let, but, me, put, yeah. let, me put it, let me put it this way. It was done so much that when I got that tape on that snowy 1980, you just fast forwarded through Dusty <laughs> yeah. and Blair. Yeah. yeah, I mean, at that time, if you were part of Mid-South, maybe if they had one of their guys, maybe Duggan or somebody going for the title, uh, yeah. that may, might have meant more in the in the box office. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, I mean, I, I get why they went with what they did, uh, politically reasons why. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of understand. But, yeah, but I think they might have drawn a better house, maybe freshing it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 86, Dusty and... Blair are getting pretty long in the tooth when it came to uh, uh, that feud, you know? Yeah, totally. All right. Well, Johnny, you got the card. Uh, Yes, I do. So here's the matches we (laughs) did not see. Wahoo McDaniel and, uh, I'm sorry, was it Mark Mark Youngblood? Yeah, Mark. Versus Bobby Jaggers and Mike Miller. I don't know who the fuck Mike Miller is. (laughs) Um, He's mostly known for Portland. Uh, Mediocre. Worker. So that's the Portland team. Then we got uh, Sam Houston and Nelson Royal versus the Batten Twins. Batten's would be probably representing Central States, would be my guess. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Now, here's one I'm sad that we yeah. didn't get uh, Los Guerreros versus the Sheep Herders. Yeah, I think, yeah. Mm. Um, another one that I'm personally sad we didn't get. I know anyone who likes that's what I thought you were going to say the first time this match. Okay. Oh no, no. That, this is the one for the work rate uh, crowd. But the Barbarian and Baron Von Raschke versus uh, Manny Fernandez and Boogie Woogie Man Jimmy Valiant. Oof. Uh, oh, it'd be great. That's that's fantastic. Five stars. Six, seven stars. I've never that's even seen it. Better float your boat. It could be good. I mean, for all I'm you sure know. It's I mean, good. Yeah. Like, then also. Um, Terry Taylor and Steve Williams versus Bill Dundee and Buddy Landell. I was I was I was, I was like so dis- yeah. that was the match I was most disappointed that we didn't get. Yeah, that's that's, that's the only matches we didn't get. That ended yeah. up in a hell of a fun match. Uh, so you know, so we're this is in the Superdome. We did it's it's uh, the, the first for the first part of it the day show. It looks like they shot it with a floor cam. 
And then on the evening show, they switched it up and went to the uh, standard cam, a normal pro shot. Uh, it's no commentary. Commentary. I've heard people, uh, on, I saw it on Pro Wrestling, there was a poster there who wishes they'd have like Tony Schiavone come in and, and re-dub over it. Uh, I, I, I mean, I enjoyed when Bill, when Jim Ross did it for that DVD, but it, it's one of the hardest things to do because it's so hard. Because I wouldn't want Tony Schiavone giving his thoughts or talking about it in the past tense type of thing. Right. So I uh, ultimately I think it would be a failure. And I and I, at this point I'd rather hear the crowd heat than it being because it's just sometimes it's just hard to mix the two. What's your feelings, Kelly? On on and would you want somebody to come in and commentate on this or or would you like it how it's un, un, preserved it like it is? Yeah, not if it was the only option. If it was like a director's commentary type track where you yeah. had the option to listen to it uh, with or without commentary, yeah, fine, sure. But not if they, no. It would have been a mistake, I'm sure. Because um, yeah. I really enjoyed the whole no commentary and crowd yeah. atmosphere noise and all that. I think it was great. Because I remember when they were, I was, I'm like, you know, everyone knows I'm a real big Rick Steamboat mark, and I'm also a big Flair fan. And when um, they they released that hour draw from '84 mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. with, with from Boogie Jam, and the only option on the DVD is to listen to Steamboat and Striker talk for an hour. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know, just like man, I'd much rather just hear the heat because they're not yeah. talking about the matches. You know, I get yeah. what they're doing, but that's what I, I'm afraid. I mean, I, mm-hmm. hard. it's so hard, and to pretend to get into excitement on something that happened 30 years ago would just be tough. Johnny, where's your where do you, where do you feel on following this? Well, the the idea of Tony Schiavone doing it and like no, I'm not and I wouldn't want the whole like look when we were doing Titans and we watched that Shea show where they had Cole and yeah. uh, and Mick Foley do it, which I, there was some stuff I enjoyed on that when they were talking about like the, the undercard, right? You know, uh-huh. That sort of thing. But overall, no, and I'm not. I, you guys know me. I like commentary, even shitty commentary. Yeah. And I have a hard time watching <laughs> matches with no commentary. I I, I yeah. want the story being told. But that being said, I wouldn't want it for this. I did enjoy this because the crowd heat was was great. But only if you got Jim Ross to do it exactly like he did it on that UWF disc because yeah. that was great. He was just pretending he was there at the time. Yeah. And it sounded great and I loved it. If you could and I don't think a lot of people are capable of doing that. I Jim totally Ross agree. is capable of doing that. So that would be at, my only option. That time I don't know if Jim Ross is capable of doing it now cuz I don't know if his memory is 100% like that, but uh but it back but when he did it he it, it, it worked. No, that DVD only came out what six years ago. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think he's gotten Alzheimer's. No, <laughs> but, I mean, sorry, who, pro- he once was. who provided the commentary on the, the the VHS tape? I can't remember. Oh, I don't remember at all. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember either. I don't think there was. Uh, oh, there really? was. There definitely, there definitely was. There definitely was there. Was. Okay. Yeah, but I, I, gosh, I don't remember. It might have. It, it, it might have even been. And then, fans, the next match was this, like, with, like, talking in between them, as if it was, like, documentary style, even. I I, I have no memory of how they did it. And the other thing I was curious on what your thoughts were, guys, um, I'll ask you, Johnny, first. I saw a tweet from the WWE saying, we just released the whole Crockett Cup. And then some people were, like, up in arms. It's not really the whole Crockett Cup. 
Nah. Why do they have to say why? Why even lie? Why do you just say, "Hey, we up put, put up the Crockett Cup instead of the"? Put, I guess putting the word "hole" in there really got some people up in arms. What do you think, Johnny? You think I, I, people just need to chill out, or yeah, do you think I think those the, people, the WWE really didn't know that it wasn't the whole thing? Looking at four hours or what have you? Who knows? Maybe they're like, "Hey, four hours must be the whole thing." Turns out it's yeah. not. Who cares? And those people can eat a dick, get a life. What the fuck is wrong with you? You're like, you know. This four hours of this shit comes out. The WWF says whole of these people. See, evil WWE fucking Vince liars. It's like, oh, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. You're getting all you're this four hour show. Who cares? They said whole. Who Kelly, cares? are you on the uh, eat a dick uh, team or what? Yeah, I'm on team eat a dick. Um, <laughs> yeah. We should get t-shirts. <laughs> It's probably all that exists. This is probably the entire taped show, so... To me, it's, it's like I, splitting your hairs, yeah. honestly. It's yeah, like, well, it's because this first half was shot with one camera for one thing specifically. Clips. for the Just, just clips. That's it. Yeah. And they weren't that important. It, it was like in the tape, like, in the first bracket, da-da-da-da-da, there's probably a clip of this and a clip of that. That's what this was for. And they, maybe they didn't film every fucking... Maybe they're like, do, you re- do we really need to waste fucking celluloid on the fucking Batten twins? You know. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> no, I totally, totally agree. Um, and I, I just... I mean, whoever's in charge of uploading these hidden gems have really been hitting a home run lately. They've kind of uh-huh. dumped the stupid... Um, <laughs> OVW. Yeah. Greatest hits. Yeah. yeah. You know. And some people might like them, but... I mean, the whole part part of the hidden gem section, I think, was to cater to your hardcore audience, and I don't think they they're dying to see Brock Lesnar in a four minute squash in OVW. Um, uh, you know, they can watch that on on pay per view. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so, I mean, I think who, whoever's in charge of it, yeah, I think he's fine. I think they're really either a he's finally real he, he or she's finally realized. What the what the hidden gem is all about, and so I think it is to cater to your hardcore, uh, your fans from the '80s and and, and beyond, or um, or it's uh, it's just somebody or it's somebody new, and they're 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 they're, they're like really in tune with what the online hardcore uh, tape trading community really really is into. Well, well, um, I, I have my own theory as to why this turned up, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, I think you're totally wrong. Man, you're done. Richard thing. I mean Bruce. Pritchard. Okay, I'm just gonna say I don't. I didn't remember because I didn't know who the fuck Bruce Pritchard was. But Bruce Pritchard is the ring announcer for this thing, and he's not good. And they um. So you know, Paul Bosch didn't get to send anybody because by that time I don't know who he was UWF. So he sends Bruce Pritchard, and. I just bet, you no, know, Bruce is working for WWF again. They probably want to get shit for network specials, and they're combing through footage. What, what, what have you been in? Or, or, or trying to figure out, they find out that Bruce Pritchard's in this, and they're like, and that's how they discover it. They were on a deep dive for Pritchard material. Yeah, you'd be ashamed for him floating that idea out. Okay, you tell um, me that it's not possible. I'm not, tell I'm me that's not possible. possible. <laughs> I mean, Think about it. I mean, just I think it's a one in a million chance of. Just saying. I, I think it, it holds more weight than the uh, the people at WWE are mining Bix's tweets for uh, yeah, ideas. Okay. Yeah, well, definitely. That's that's 
definitely true. I think I think the whole I think I think that's playing it up. I think it's more that they're putting they have their pulse on the trape training. Oh, I, I think it's somebody that himself or herself himself. Let's not fool it's, ourselves. It's himself. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> is a is a tape trader or was a tape trader back yeah. in the day? And 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 he's probably still. You know, is he's probably still I don't know involved in it, but kind of knows he's probably here. He still knows right. who the big, who are the players, and they're around and gets in here. Okay, them. but if that's true, but if that's true, that guy was wily as fuck because in the story they don't want to hire wrestling fans. So did this guy lie on his resume? No, I'm not a fan <laughs> at all. <laughs> that's it. He got the gig. <laughs> Brilliant. Depends on how cheap he's getting paid. I mean, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably not getting paid. If he has the skills, and if he's a former tape trader who made his own disc, he's probably a guy who probably is pretty, pretty good at editing and, and stuff. Yeah. If he was, I, you know. I, I, I would imagine the person in charge isn't, but I imagine there are interns who are. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, so, I mean, I, I, your Bruce Pritchard thing, I think, is absolutely bonkers. Um, I think, hey, look, Crockett Cup 86, this would be a great thing to upload. Yeah, I don't think. Ooh, look, Bruce Pritchard announcing. No, that's not um, what I said. What I said was they were looking for stuff with Bruce Pritchard in it for whatever fucking network special they're going to do a documentary about. They go to any freaking Houston house show they have from Mid-South and get Bruce Pritchard off it. They can do, I'm sure there's a shitload of brother love fucking uh, stuff. I'm and, just saying, uh, maybe they're looking for Bruce Pritchard stuff. It turned up, they recognized it and went, holy shit, this is the Crockett Cup. See, it's not out we're of the also, We're not going to solve this debate, John. You can, uh, <laughs> stick to your, um, you can stick to this story and to your deathbed. I could care less. I am, um, I'm going to. That would be his rosebud. Yeah. This, this is terrible. <laughs> um, I mean, you've got Richard. some whackers. You've got some fucking out there ideas. This is this really cuts the cake, man. Um, fucking Bruce Pritchard. All right. Um, let's get to the show. Yeah. Can we open up. With the Fantastics versus the Fabs. And for any hardcore fan, you know this is like a big freaking deal. Yeah, the Fabs from Memphis. Or they're in the AWA, actually. I think. Uh, maybe. I was going to say Florida. Florida. Florida, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah there were And you had the Fantastics. And you know, the, all, the story always was, was the rock and roll were an imitation of the Fabs. But the Fantastics, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the footage of, of um, Dundee's uh, Georgia promotion where he's taking uh, the sea level talent from Memphis and booking a show that lasted about eight weeks. He had Cornette was on it, Dude. but um, he uh, one of the teams he created was the Fantastic Ones, which was which was uh, Bobby yeah. Fulton and Terry Taylor, uh, um, uh. which then sprung out, sprung into Tommy Rogers and Bobby Fulton as the Fantastics. Um, so clearly. <laughs> Fantastic ones, fabulous ones. They did the same oh, type yeah. of uh, thing, videos for them. Yeah, this is like a Xerox copy. That's, uh, that's flat out fucking carny ass motherfucking 101. Because that is the whole idea of like, yeah, these fucking dumb hillbillies will see fantastic ones on the, the, the placard and mm-hmm. they'll think it's the fabulous ones and come out. That's what that shit is, man. That's some hardcore carny bullshit right there. Exactly. Hey, what do you think of the match there, John? Oh, I loved it because it's it's heel fabs. Who, by the way, were introduced as the fabs. 
Yeah, just the favs, and uh, which I didn't care for, to be perfectly honest with you. And I wrote down, it's the battle of the same gimmick, or it's all just... Because the Rock and Roll Express, yes, they were the the number two in Memphis uh, to capitalize, but they weren't anything like the fabulous ones. They didn't look like them, they didn't dress like them. The the Fantastics were clearly... Fabulous. I mean, they were the fantastic. To me, the Fabs were the one were for the women, and the rock and roll for the teenagers. Yeah, but with the Fantastics and the Fabs, it's clear this is the ripoff team. Not saying they're not great. They are fucking great. We're gonna see this whole show is the Fantastics. Oh yeah, fucking show here. Um, and by the way, they were booked. They they lived up to their perform with their performance, but they were booked that way because this is a, a. Dual booking going on. They were Watts' top team, and yep. Sheepherders were the top heel team. And then we see how they run through this tournament. Anyway, uh, but this was sort of, again, you're right, Pete. For those of us growing up who, I, like, I had seen a copy of The Observer by, by at this point, but it was the magazines, like we were talking about. And, like, the Fantastics versus the Fabulous Ones. I never thought that was ever going to happen because, A, the Fabs were always baby faces. And they were never in the same territory. But here, it, it, to me, I was like, this this is a dream match. Whether or not it lived up to that. But it was just like, seemed cool. Never thought I'd see this. And uh, so, Bobby Fulton is just fucking amazing. Everyone says Tommy Rogers is great and Bobby Fulton is stinks. And that's bullshit. Bobby Fulton's good. The only goofy thing Bobby Fulton does is his grimace of pain face. And that only looks goofy if he's not bleeding. When he's bleeding, it's it's fucking great. Yeah. Um so they're having this great match. I think it was it was good enough, you know, it was fine. And I was enjoying it. Uh the place is going crazy for uh fucking uh, fantastics. And with heel fabulous ones, I I I love watching because I've seen so very little of it. You know, I, I think we saw some on spa- when we were doing Space City. Um, yeah, and they did some AWA. It's, uh, they were never heels in the AWA. Well, they were became heels because the crowd was cheering the Road Warriors. Oh, yeah, but oh, they yeah, were heels, yeah. though, you know. The, yeah. But uh, anyway, but I like watching, like, watching them be heels here. Steve Kiern is clearly the better heel at this point. Stan Lane... Yeah. Works heel in the midnights, but he's not really heelish. He's just athletic and he's really good. But Steve Kern relishes being a heel. Mm-hmm. He's so good. We saw him. I remember that's true on Space City. Uh, some of those matches, he was just like the most ha heel, yelling at the crowd, insulting everybody. And you see it in his performance in this match. He he's the clear bad guy, and I love watching him have a good time doing it. Because, you know, I don't give a fuck about Skinner. I want to see this Steve <laughs> be a fucking villain. You know, so, yeah, it was fun. Love this. See, I loved it. I, I gave it three and three, four stars. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I thought wow. it was really good. Uh, I thought the psychology, I thought this I thought this is the best Southern tag they did the whole entire night. Um, where we got a really good shine from the Fantastics. And they're working the arm, doing some really nifty arm work. I really love the fabs where they're healing it up, especially Kern, and when they're turning the turning the tide and and beating the crap out of the Fantastics and really taking it to them. Yeah, I thought this was a, it was a banger of a match, and I thought the 
the story they were telling, yeah, it was a little formulaic. I, I will say, but my God, it was so compelling, and the crowd uh, was clearly, uh, clearly, I thought the Fantastics were the most over thing on the whole entire show, and it started off at this match where it was super hot. They got it going, and they had a hell of a match. They had the time to tell a great story. They were they would they did a lot of ebbs and flows. Absolutely loved the finish of it. Um, and I, I really like what you're talking about, Bobby Fulton, because I always thought he was like one of the most underrated punchers in wrestling. Yeah. yeah. And we really got to see that in, in the Tully and Arn match. And, you know, uh, Rogers, I, I, I always thought was, was the superior worker, but I always thought Fulton brought to the team was the understanding of the gimmick. And he played up like, Played up to more to the ladies than Tommy Rogers did. Yeah, he where, does it here. He does it here because there's a spot where uh, Steve Kern pulls his uh, tights down, and, down. Yep. and shows his ass. And you know that was Fulton screeches. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you hear screeches. You hear screeches because you know he was just whispered to Steve, like Steve, show the girls my moneymaker. I'm getting some pussy <laughs> tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely love this match. I thought it was a great way to start. Uh, it was one of my favorite matches of the whole entire term, and I. I Probably had it as the second or my third favorite match on the whole uh, entire show. So, Kelly, where do you see where do you fall in on this one? Yeah, I really liked it too. Um, yeah, really fun match. Um, just and and I should mention that the footage quality is so great. Uh, you know, the ringside camera like it, it it brings you right into the action, and the footage looks like it was makes it like uh, look like the show was shot yesterday. Yeah. it's so so crisp. Um, so I got right into this show and, right and, from the get-go. And that cameraman, I wonder who that is because he's doing a great job mm-hmm. for a one-man uh, a one-man shot show. Yep. Yeah, I like this because it's different, totally different than what you usually see. Um, so yeah, I got right into the show right from the beginning, and this match was was great. And yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I went three in a quarter. I didn't go quite as high as you, Pete. Okay. But, but um, it, it's I've only watched the first two hours so far, and yeah, this would be the set, my second favorite match that I've seen so far, and yeah, yeah, great, great tag work, Fantastics are awesome, the fabulous ones were awesome too, yeah. um, and I haven't seen a lot of them as a heel team as well, but both they were doing everything. I mean, they were yeah, just great teams, two of the best teams of the '80s, right here, dream match. And um, and a, and, a, and the the finish was great. The nifty uh, backdrop into a roll up pin yeah. combo thing on Karen that was that was really well done. The crowd's hot, fantastic, super over. Yeah, this was a really good match. Yeah, the Fantastics. I always think of them as like the Ricky Steamboat attack team wrestling because mm-hmm. their psychology is always good. Where they're working an arm or a leg, where they're doing it, they're telling a story when they're on offense and they can sell. Uh, because of the, how great they looked at this tournament, there was a lot of talk on Twitter about them being better than the Rock and Roll Express. And and I don't want to knock the Fantastic. I'm just going to ask you all the opinion because everyone, you're entitled to your own opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Fantastics, and I, I, I probably they were, <laughs> they were always my number two babyface tag team behind, and they I always had the Rock and Roll Express just because I think the Rock. I think I can understand, especially where. A lot of people are watching uh, more and more into watching modern wrestling. Would would think the Fantastics yes. are better because yes. they do more moves and they're yep. they're they're a little bit more faster paced. But uh, man, no one could get the, the. I mean, the Rock and Roll Express. I just feel kind of people caring more. Um, 
I always got into matches because they made you, they mattered. They made, they always felt like it was a big deal. And I just think that Rock and Roll Express's body of work speaks for itself from having great feuds with the Russians to the Midnights to, um, uh, 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 to uh, Oli and Arn, to Arn and Tully, uh, to the, the Heavenly Bodies, uh, to uh, Z-Man and, I mean, not Z-Man, um, uh, uh, to, to a bunch of other teams in Smoky Mountain. Uh, they, they've just, I think their body of work speaks to themselves. Well, the Fantastics, they, you know, they had some really fun stuff in, New, I mean, in all, all Japan, and, and they had the Midnights, really, and, uh, and the Sheep Herders, but and they, and they had good matches here and there all over, but it, but I just think the body of work for the for the rock and roll just speaks for itself. And if you if you really want to go all, all in, I, I mean, I just can't see. I just, I mean, I, I and I love the Fantastics, but I just I just don't see how uh, if you if you grew up in that era, I don't see how you could think the Fantastics were were better. Uh, I can understand if you're if you all you, all you just base everything on work rate, so I can understand. If that's if that's the deciding factor, I can see see that argument being made. But I, I just to, to me, it's the Rock and Roll Express. It'd be, all a, night shitty, long. It'd be, a, it'd be a shitty argument. Um, this, I'm just, all I'm just going to add to that is Ricky Morton never had to show his ass to get those screams. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> what about you, Kelly? Where are you following this argument? Yeah, the 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 Rock and Rolls were yeah, the like you said, like a more iconic team. They had the big feuds. They had more crowd investment. Um, yeah, but the Fantastics were really... into the territory too, you know. Yeah, that's true. The Fantastics were yeah, kind of like a perennial B team, um, but they were really good too. I've enjoyed most of what I've seen oh, yeah. them. Their feud yeah. with the Midnight Express in 1988 is top notch. They also have an awesome match at the end of 1988 from Clash Four against Ron Simmons, Simmons and, and Eddie Gilbert, yeah, the finals a, of the. Yeah. U- U.S. Tag Tournament, that's like a 30-minute uh, match that's just really, really good. I mean, Eddie Gilbert's the star of that match. The template for awesome. those matches, Kelly, come from Houston Wrestling because the Fantastics, yeah. I mean, the Mid-South worked freaking Sting and Eddie Gilbert probably for about eight, six, I mean, how many oh, matches did we have on that Houston, uh, on the NWA on demand? I think at least six matches between yeah. the two. Right. Teams. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. Um yeah, yeah, Fantastics are awesome. I mean, it's it's, uh, but yeah, the the Rock and Rolls are are one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Now we move over to the next match, and we have Coco Ware and the Italian Stallion. So I don't even know what team this is from. But <laughs> oh, no, that's just it. This is the only team. I mean, I, I I can figure. This is the only team that is one Watts guy and one Crockett guy. Okay. Because I, I know Stallion was jobbing on Worldwide, and mm-hmm. I know I saw, and I Coco was wrestling for Watts at the time. Yeah. 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 Versus Buzz Sawyer and Rick Steiner, who uh, you, uh, I, I saw Phil Schneider referred to him as the Mad Dogs, um, which I think is an awesome name for the, for the two guys. Um, but you really watch Buzz, and he really is a lot like Rick Steiner would eventually turn into. And and mm-hmm. you see Buzz is kind of an asshole, and you see Rick Steiner what he'd do to jobbers like Buzz would, man. So he learned from a master and how to rough up a jobber. But but this was this was a uh, I felt this you know Buzz Buzz is uh, on the stuff we've seen that's been uploaded to the network. He's been a really been a real badass worker. Um, 
I, I, I mean, I always knew it, but it's it's yeah. just nice to see it. Him getting a lot more praise uh, now, but even though he's an asshole, uh, uh, you know what? Again, fuck it. If, if we were going to like complain about everyone who's an asshole in wrestling, yeah. what are we doing? Uh, to that point, Pete. After this dropped, there were little gifs or gifs, whatever the fuck you call them. Uh, all over Twitter of Buzz Sawyer power mm-hmm. slams. They were yeah. they were everywhere. In fact, all this other bullshit that's going on on Twitter that it is annoying the shit out of me. People just need to get rid of that and just post more Buzz Sawyer power slams. And a whole new generation were discovering these. Oh, uh, uh, was, was it Dawson or Wilder did it on Raw? Oh, did they? I didn't see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I saw the I saw the gif of him doing it. I didn't watch Raw, so let's don't throw people off. Uh, I'm with you, John. <laughs> and then the other thing people were showing was that bump he took from Coco. Yeah, I was gonna bump. say that yeah, was the, the first. Yeah, that was the, the first bump. gif I saw from the the whole thing was. Which they, then they really bump. need to pull out the one he does for Hacksaw, where he goes flying R- through the yeah. ropes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all time. <laughs> what about you, Kelly? Let's go on. What do you think of this matchup? Uh, yeah, this was a fun, well, I mean, it, it had some its moments. Um, the talent involved is uh, excluding Italian Stallion is top notch. I disagree. Okay. Okay. You can defend Italian I don't, Stallion later. I don't think he's the worst guy in this match is all I'm saying. Ah, okay. Um, well, Steiner is still green at yeah. this point. Steiner yeah. is um, green as grass here. Stallion, Stallion was an underrated worker. He was Stallion's a good, worker. a good worker. Stallion's a good worker. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he just had an off night here. Well, um, I mean, I, mean I, I, you, I, I didn't see that. Uh, I mean, he didn't do anything to wow me here, but I've always thought he was a solid, could throw a big punch, could sell. Uh He's got a top-notch mullet. I'll give oh, you yeah, that. Totally. Um, you could, like... <laughs> Starkey 86 was the night of the Skywalkers. I think Crockett Cup 86 was night of the mullets. There's, <laughs> there's a lot. Like Fulton, Lane, even Kern kind of has one. Stallion. Steiner has like a baby mullet. It's the start of the mullet. And then there's tons more after this match. Uh, <laughs> that was 80s wrestling. But, um, I didn't know... Uh, Ware was doing the Birdman gimmick before WWF, yes. I have to admit. Yeah. And yeah, the just... B. I thought the B came with the WWF, too. No, Coco no, B no. He, he was Coco Beware. And, uh, mm. But he, it, it was a, it was the Vince thing. He said, why don't you carry a bird, for Christ's sakes? Uh, okay, but he didn't man. have the actual, he didn't yeah. have Frankie. Yeah, no, no that's like no. Uh, Jake, Jake Roberts. I mean, yeah, they're big on giving the animals in the WWF, Animal Kingdom. Right. In the eighties, yeah, yeah, that's, that's so that was a kind of a neat little revelation for me. Um, yeah, we mentioned the bump, the the gifs, gifs. I, I don't know how to call it either, John. Neither do I. I say <laughs> I say gifs because gifs just makes me think of peanut butter. So yeah, apparently the GIF. the person the person who invented it intended it to be jiff, like oh, jiffy. Fuck. But me. nobody, everyone says gif, so I, I stopped trying to be. Technically. Uh, <laughs> for that, appreciate it. Um, <laughs> yes, the Stallion, I thought, was just kind of content to work headlocks in this match. Not much heat for him. I mean, there wasn't too much heat in this match overall, coming out, um, on the heels of the uh, the hot match preceding it. Um, awesome power slam. Yeah. Uh, by I was Coco with an awesome power slam on Steiner, I have that Ooh. note. Uh, Coco, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, this was 
this was okay, um, but but nothing too special. Anyway, I liked it much more than you. I gave it three, wow. three and a quarter. Oh my um, goodness! Wow. I loved uh, uh, Buzz eating that drop kick was just incredible. Coco had this really fun headlock spot, which I thought was really great. And Buzz is just pinballing early on, really shining up, uh, really stooging up and shining up the, the faces. Uh, the tackle spot with Buzz and Coco was absolutely ruled. But the big, big momentum thing here was Buzz hitting that suplex on the floor. And then Buzz starts working the back. And, and that's where Steiner was able to follow along. Like, you know, all Rick Steiner had to do was, uh, was color within the lines of the story that Buzz was uh, – that's Buzz presented, and yeah. he did what he did, and I thought their back work, it wasn't like anything fancy, but by God, it was vicious, it was nasty, it had a realism to it, it was snug, uh, so I was absolutely loving what the, the, the heels were doing on top on their on their heat segment. It wasn't anything, they weren't recreating the wheel or anything, but because of how nasty and vicious it was, while, like, the Fantastics and the Fabs was kind of like poetry in motion in a way, this is more of, like, a lot down and gritty, kind of like a, kind of like your offensive line in football, just, you know, forearming each other in the mouth type of thing. It was a lot more vicious. And so I thought having them following that match made it stand out even more, and I absolutely, absolutely loved it. Where, about, where do you fall on this, John? Well, somewhere in between the two of you, apparently, <laughs> because uh, I didn't think it sucked, but I didn't think it was great. I was just happy to see Buzz Sawyer. I'm a huge, huge Buzz Sawyer fan. From the first time I saw him in the big fucking furry boots on Crockett uh, as a babyface, I knew who he was, but this is the first time I saw him wrestle. And he was, he was a babyface. He was wrestling Tully Blanchard for the TV title. And I was all aboard the Buzz Sawyer wagon from then. Good and then I, yep. Yeah, and then I heard, and then I, you know, I heard about you know what a piece of shit he was and everything. And I was like, I still no one has a fucking power slam like Buzz Sawyer, so I don't give a shit. And look at him, he's bald. Ex- he's he went bald young like me, <laughs> you know. I love him, and he's so original. I love his high pitched screams, like when he's doing the the. the uh, the crisscross, uh, the leapfrog spot. Yeah, and he jumps up and he goes, I, I can't even make my voice go this you know, that high, but he goes like, hiya, <laughs> really high pitched, and his crazy like screams and giggles while he's doing his stuff. There's so much character work that he's doing while being a fantastic in ring guy at the same time, and his moves represent his character that he's yeah. playing everything about it i love fucking love buzz sawyer so the only other thing i'm gonna add is um the, the very end i just heard stallion is the worst hot tag ever because coco had gotten the shit kicked out of him yeah and finally gets the hot tag and here comes italian stallion who just gets beat <laughs> right yeah, with the butt uh, saw your power slam, right? <laughs> yep, yeah. yep. Boom, that's it. <laughs> yeah, the hesitated power slam, just awesome. Um, that moves us over to our next match where we have Black Bart and Jimmy Garvin um, versus Dave Peterson and Brett Sawyer. Kelly, what were your thoughts? I mean, Johnny, what were your thoughts here? Uh, I two thought. Well, I have one thought and one action. I looked at it. I, I looked at Dave Peterson. How the fuck did he, this guy, get into the Crockett Cup? Who the fuck is Dave Peterson? 
Do you guys know? Uh, well, he was uh, DJ Peterson in the yeah. dying days of the AWA. That's about oh, all okay. I know. You need uh, some like world. He works world class. Works Central States. Uh, AWA guy who was a big body guy who he was just a mediocre worker at best. Yeah, died yeah. died really young, like in 1993. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he was. If you read, he was like buddies with Shawn Michaels and and Marty Jannetty and those guys okay. back in the day. Scott Hall. So so where are they where are him and Brev uh, and Sawyer from? They, oh they, man, and here I'm guessing maybe Central States again. Uh, okay, well I see. Was Brett Sawyer and Crockett at this point? I don't know. That's what I'm uh, trying to think. Uh, yeah, I well, don't know. Well, my, my only other thing is, I was like, I'm not watching this shit. This thing's four hours long. I got, I have a life. Not, I did not watch this match. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll open it up here then. Um, very mediocre match. Um, real quick, like I think it was like four minutes or so. Uh, you know, the the baby faces go big early, and they they go with some big moves uh, that were like two of the biggest moves we've seen all day so far, but. Really didn't mean anything. It could have been more interesting if Black Bart sold him, uh, sold up uh, Brett's big knees. I mean, he did a freaking flying knee drop to the arm. Uh, and uh, but you know, it, it was. But I think because they didn't really have much time, they really didn't have much time to sell shit. So the big knee, um, and uh, we set up a Peterson tag, and and we kind of get the uh, the banana peel slip and allows the heels to finish Peterson off. Really mediocre at best type of match, uh, you know. Not a, didn't get a lot of time, and we didn't need it to get a lot of time either. What about you, Kelly? Yeah. Um, well, my first note is it's not a very interesting match on paper uh, with the, these guys involved. Um, I mean, Garvin's <laughs> one of our favorites on in in world class, but even here you can see this was the beginning kind of of his slide. Into um, this is Crockett run here mid card. Yeah, it's funny. Just the change of hair color is is a, made a difference. Here with the darker hair, Garvin just seems less of a star somehow. Um, yeah, and I'll take Sunshine over Precious any day. By the way, um, there we go. That's two of them. <laughs> Not me, buddy. Not me. Yeah. And what's with Sawyer? He he has like total heel expressions throughout this match. Uh, he just there was no sympathy, no heat, and I, I went dud. Yeah, no, did. I, I went a star. I mean, I liked him more. Yeah, than yeah, yeah, no. Uh, continued night of the mullets, but that's yeah, that's yeah. all. <laughs> and then we got a straight up Crockett team where you could probably watch this match any week on Worldwide and uh, Saturday <laughs> night. We get Midnight Express versus. Nelson Royale and Sam Houston. Royale. We get a we get one minute, like a minute and thirty four seconds of work here. Oh well, you uh, know what? You know what? Okay, you know what? Then I accidentally skipped this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're flying along tonight. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, this is. I mean, it was fun for what happened, but my God, it was just. It was like, why even bother booking this thing? <laughs> hey, they made it to the second round, Royal in Houston. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> uh, what, what do you think, Kelly? I mean, there's nothing really to think about, right? Well, it's an old man, young man team uh, that were, you know, that was kind of the common thing. The and, doing, and doing a cowboy gimmick on both sides. Yeah, and doing a cowboy gimmick. Oh, boy. So the old man, young man gimmick was popular in the 60s and 70s, but by 1986, you know, in the middle of all the heartthrob tag teams, 
the road warriors they just seemed so out of place here well well it's it's not so much a gimmick as cuz they weren't like a regular tag team they just threw them together for the Crockett cup and right. and did you jobs on worldwide and yeah but i just mean the dynamic of the old man young man is it seems so out of place now um yeah this this was super short uh royal has an abdominal stretch on one of the midnights, and then he gets hit off the top rope um, and pinned. It was yeah. basically a squash match. Oh yeah, total. Like you didn't even get to put the you didn't even get to let the midnights put the finish on. We use their finisher to take <laughs> you out no. the knee to the back. It was horrible. Yeah, um, it's not a bad match. Just you know, it was just what it was. Um, then we get Magnum TA and Ron Garvin versus Sawyer and Steiner. Uh, Kelly, on paper, this looks like something I'd be, that rocked, but then, yeah. again, they got short-shifted on time and never really got yeah. to tell a cohesive story, huh? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, totally. It was another um, TBS squash match, basically. Um, it was fine then, for what it was. Fine for what it was, but it was, yeah, it was quick. It was like what Magnum was doing on TV, quick wins with the belly-to-belly um, yeah. every week. And this, and Steiner, of course, being the the um, novice here eats the pin, and that's it. Yeah, you were hoping to see Gron Garvin and Sawyer just light each other up. Yeah, get yeah. That. Uh, no. You know, I mean, just not enough time again. Yeah, you're like a star. I mean, it was what it was. <laughs> Johnny, where are you falling in on this one? It's so funny. Uh, all I wrote you fast down... forward and missed it. <laughs> no, no, dude. I, that's so. It, when I say I fast forward and missed that Nelson Royal match, it's uh, funny. I say Nelson Royal match, Midnight's match. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not goofing around. I, I, I literally was like, what? Oh, shit. Oh, so I, I believed you when you said you yeah, actually, okay. I see you accidentally missing this other one because you didn't really want to watch oh, I had it. No, oh, and no, not I had... realizing how short the other one yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. It, it was, it's not like I was about to go, what happened to that Sam Houston match I wanted to see? That's not going to happen. But yeah, I you wanted... fast forward to it, and then you thought you were on the right match. No, I believe oh, okay. you. Okay, well, you know, I had there's been times where I've you know lied about not doing my homework. I'm just letting right. you know. Uh, <laughs> um, it's so funny. All I wrote down was more praise of Buzz Sawyer here. I was on a Sawyer kick, and just <laughs> just loving me some Buzz Sawyer. I, I, the match was okay, I guess. You know, I didn't hate it. There was a nice pop for Ronnie Garvin. You know, people people yeah. don't, people don't people shit all over Ronnie Garvin a lot. People don't understand how over that motherfucker actually was uh, back then. Yep. He he was over because you wouldn't know it if you watched Worldwide like I did. But if you watch TBS, there's mm-hmm. like, oh, Ronnie Garvin, like the Ronnie Garvin Ric Flair feud went on forever. There was like the the initial one went on for a long time on TBS, and I didn't even know it happened because it wasn't on Worldwide. Yeah. So so he was over to the cable audience in a big bad way when they announced the man with the hands of stone with his glorious blonde mullet mind you um, <laughs> uh, that place popped hard for Ronnie Garvin yeah no so. if you wash his handheld I'll reverse uh, flair there's a few of them around and there's like four matches of handhelds he's super over I mean in yeah. the Carolinas they're cheering for Ron Garvin so he was over yeah. Yeah, it's because the only thing people remember is the Starcade match where everyone was cheering for Ric Flair. Yeah. I, I was walking in Chicago. And then, was, you know, and then he gets buried by the 
uh, by the sheets and by Pro Wrestling Illustrated. So yeah, mean, yeah, the sheets and Pro Wrestling Illustrated shit on Ronnie Garvey. Like, well, that was disappointing. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, that's another that's a story for another day. Yeah, Ron Garvin uh, went into hiding for his rematch against Ric Flair. I mean, it just made him look so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was funny is because you had the, the crowd in Chicago was cheering for, for uh, Flair. I was watching that with uh, Joey at the Civic Center on closed circuit TV. So that Philadelphia crowd was certainly cheering for Ric Flair. And so it was, I was surrounded by it. And I realized that it wasn't making this match all that great, just the way the crowd reaction is, is going here. Yeah, anyway. I'll take that Ron Garvin flair feud. It was I thought yeah, it was incredible great. from off and on from 84 to 87 with some really great stuff. Um, David, that's all I got. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Road Warriors versus Wahoo and Mark Young? Did, did you comment on the last match, Kelly? Yeah, I did, yeah. Okay. All right. So we're over here now. The roadies, road warriors, hawking animal versus Wahoo and Marky Youngblood. Um, Kelly, this is pretty interesting because this crowd kind of just turned over on, turned on Wahoo, uh, pretty fierce and totally sided with the bait with the, the road warriors here, huh? Yeah, well, the warriors were like Hogan at this point. Yeah. Uh, hugely popular. Before this, we had the introduction of the evening portion yes. of the tournament. Did you guys watch this? I did. <laughs> With um, Tony Schiavone, Jim yes. Ross. Yes. And, um, you know, all of Conrad Thompson's podcast. <laughs> yeah. With um, Pritchard in there, too. And, um, yeah. And then they have the national anthem play for the. The uh, the evening commences, and yeah, so Warriors, Wahoo, and Mark Youngblood. So the Warriors came out to some sort of rap, spoken word music. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, their AWA theme. Was that their that's, AWA that's their, theme? That's the, no, it's them singing it. It's the Rumble tonight. Yeah, oh, it's, it's from that r- r- yeah. Wrestle Rock okay. Rumble. Yes, yeah. which brings up a question. Obviously, if there was any music at this that they had to edit out, it was edited out. This, they they used this at the Crockett Cup, this dumb song <laughs> instead of Iron Man. So yes, it did, I know. Okay, or is someone at WWE Network really deep hardcore nerd like you said and fucking around and go I'm gonna dub in the, the fucking AWA it didn't sound like a dub to me it sounded like a natural PA but cause we got the Midnight's music too the only two you hear are the Midnight's and this dumb song <laughs> yeah I was gonna say yeah there's hardly there's basically no music outside of that so, yeah and the Midnight's yeah, most of the time they cut right to the they're in the ring you know because the Fantastics and Rock and Rolls should have had theme music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a few other teams, I would imagine. Um, wasn't Wrestle uh, uh, Rock right after this? Like, literally, like a day after this show? It was really, really Maybe close. Maybe that's why they had it one. with them. Maybe that's the Yeah, that's what I'm kind of guessing. It was, yeah, it was super close to this show. I know that. Um, I the think I was pretty proud of that thing at the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they know? shouldn't have been. <laughs> no, it's horrible. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, Jesus. They, they wanted to 
kill the aura of the Road, War, road Warriors in their peak. <laughs> that could have maybe done it, maybe Vern made them. He's like, this is the big one and the I'm, concession. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I'll really... let you go, but you're gonna play that rap song. I love the Thrithle Rock Rumble <laughs> thing we've been doing. You're gonna play that song. The song you're gonna get. No, they were cracking by this time. Man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. They actually were on Crockett TV before this. So yeah. Anyway, so that was kind of weird. Um, Rhodey's huge response. Yeah, Wahoo. But Wahoo, by this point, was looked at as kind of being over the hill. Uh, you know, he's yeah. awesome still, but he was a you know 60s, 70s guy, and now it's 1986. The Road Warriors are are where it's at. Oh yeah. Um, Hawk and Wahoo have a nice uh, little exchange where neither gives an inch. Um, but then this is almost a squash too, because as soon as Youngblood gets in, he gets That's a it. bit of get a big bit of offense, and then he gets clotheslined and pinned by Hawk. They don't even. Well, I guess giving him the Doomsday device would have been excessive, and this was kind of a face versus face match. Um, but uh, the pin was funny because both, <laughs> Wah- both Wahoo and Animal run into the ring like they're going to break it up, or Wahoo was going to break it up, but then they just stop. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's like, it's Wahoo, old, old, old broken down Wahoo, turn around to do the run in to break it up, sees Animal, and goes, oh, fuck it. <laughs> Walks away. I don't need this crowbar. I don't need that shit. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of like the the Road Warriors were gonna let Wahoo get his get a couple chops in and go fifty fifty with them, but yeah, yeah when no, no. Young Blood came in, they were like, Young Blood is gonna be their Young Blood and then finish it off. Yeah, really wasn't not, it was not much, but yeah, the crowd totally behind the Road Warriors were booing Wahoo. Yeah, they viewed him pretty much as an old man, and I guess this was this is it's so weird. I mean, the timeline's so weird because I always thought Mark Young Blood was a baby, and I thought this was when. Wahoo might have been a heel because didn't he just drop the U.S. title to to Magnum here? No, no, no. That that had been in '85. Wahoo, yeah, went to Florida, turned baby, okay, uh, and was. I see. I don't know the timeline because Jimmy Garvin is in Crockett now, and Jimmy Garvin's first major angle was with Wahoo. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know where Wahoo was right now. And so I guess Wahoo just turned babyface again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. He yeah, definitely had just Garvin turned babyface again. Okay. What do you think but, of the match there, John? Oh, well, talk a bit more about the introductions uh, <laughs> with, with Tony and Jim Ross. Uh, Tony, he's pretty great. You know, he's a. Uh, he, he's getting over that this is a joint production of the UWF and the and Jim Crockett Promotions, and. I thought to myself, UWF? They were using UWF at this time? It seemed odd to me, but I've got more about that much later. Mm. And uh, Jim Ross is out there, of course, because he's out there to tell everyone out in that crowd who, let's say they've been to the, this is the opening of the night show, I would imagine. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So imagine you went to both shows. You've sat through a lot of wrestling. And now Jim Ross is out there to explain the rules. He, uh, the way he announces the <laughs> rules. And then he said, he said uh, pile drivers and off the top rope are legal. And he goes through every fucking rule because there's some slight differences of the rules in Mid-South and Crockett. 
I was like, what is this? Nobody gives a shit. Everyone knows. Everyone can figure it out. And then Tony runs down the card for them uh, and then announces, like, you ready? (laughs) That's his big, (laughs) let's get the crowd going, was, you ready? And I just, (laughs) I I loved it. And, um, oh, and now, the way that Jim Ross announced the anthem like this. And now the greatest anthem in the land today, our national anthem. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on that, here? That is hilarious. Um, then Pritchard show it up. I'm like, how old is Pritchard here? 17? He's a kid. Yeah, he was only 23-ish. Yeah, he was super, God, yeah, super young. And, um, but as far as uh, <laughs> we've already talked about the song, uh, all I thought about, you know what? The Road Warriors have had two names, the Road Warriors and the Legion of Doom, which are both just ripped off from something else. That's amazing. It's a movie and the, the villains from the Super Friends. That, yeah. mm-hmm. They made it their own and no one fucking cares. That's uh, that's great. But yeah. the only thing is Wahoo, they, the Road Warriors did show a little respect because Wahoo did just one chop on Animal, and Animal ate that chop and did a flat back bump on one Wahoo yeah. chop. Boom! Uh-huh. You know they know they respect Wahoo. You know they they. Know and if not, Wahoo could really hurt him. <laughs> yeah, even at this age, Wahoo could fuck you up. Hey man, Johnny, it must have felt like old. Oh, it must that must have like what's up next was the oh, Shop and Watley promo. Oh yeah, which is like probably your chicken noodle soup. Oh your heart. boy. <laughs> um, oh dude, I was I was dancing. I got half a stiffy. Uh, How awesome was this? Talk, talk it was about so it, man. fucking great. First, I didn't remember this at all, or, or I don't even know if it probably wasn't on the fucking tape. No. Yeah, I don't think it was, but maybe it um, was. I don't. Well, no, actually, you know what? Because if it was, I probably would be talking about it all the time. You never saw this, dude. Um, for some reason, in the middle of this giant joint production, which is essentially just a joint production between Watts and Crockett, they're dedicating time to the Jimmy Valiant Paul Jones feud. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so everyone who's like, oh, that's bullshit, this is how important it was to a lot of people. I know the matches sucked. I've never tried to say the matches were any good. You know, there's a few here and there. Some of the earlier stuff. You know, I never tried to claim a lot of these matches were fucking great because I don't care about that. I, the story is all I care about uh, with this. And so you got pissed. Oh, I'm sorry, Shaska Watley because he just turned. He just adopted his African name and then started dressing like. A fucking dancer in a Cab Calloway video from 1932. <laughs> and he's being managed by Paul Jones, whose current incarnation is Nazi for some reason. It's <laughs> randomly. He's, he's a Nazi now. And, <laughs> and, and he, he manages Cab Calloway's backup singer. And he's got Jimmy Valiant's hair because they just cut Jimmy Valiant's hair, motherfucker. And he starts cutting a promo that is electric. He is running down Jimmy Valiant and calling him every name you can imagine. And then he's like, you know what you are, Jimmy Valiant? You know, you think you're down with the people. But oh, you what we call a white Uncle Tom. I don't know what. Yeah, what does that mean? Exactly? I don't know. I don't know what a white Uncle Tom means. I don't give a shit. 
This was fucking But it sounds great, yeah. Awesome. And then he's yelling at the, the, the crowd. He's yelling at these chicks. He says, hey, hey, you. Hey, yo, you all, you think you like Jimmy Valiant? Hey, Jimmy Valiant don't like ugly women, and you're the ugliest in the house, baby. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> this is outstanding. And he's like, and I'm going to put a whipping on his ass. And here comes Jimmy Valiant. In his 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 new fancy tights that he got around this time, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. went all the way up to his tits and had stripes, and they yellow were brand stripes, new, yeah. yellow stripes. But there was red and black, and there was all different colors. That's right. Yeah. And they were new, and he was on TV, and everything looked nice and shiny. He's like Dusty said, "Baby, you got to get rid of these old tights, baby. We need, <laughs> we need something to pop. We need something to pop on TV, you know, because." Which I hated because my favorite thing about Jimmy Valiant's tights were the wacky sh- messages and shit that <laughs> right. he'd have on his ass, you know, or you know, a radio station's call numbers, <laughs> or, or what have you, all that shit. I loved that. I hated this with Jimmy Valiant, and, and, and you know what? When Jimmy Valiant puts on, oh, we'll get to the match, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, this was awesome. I love they dedicated time to this. Yeah, this promo was pretty awesome. And it makes me really miss how sanitized wrestling is nowadays, because this would never see the light of day. Oh, hell no. <laughs> but it's so much better. This promo is better than probably most I've seen in months on other people's televisions and yep. stuff. Shaskawati, uh, motherfucker. And it was hot. It was awesome. It was entertaining. Everything you want out of a promo. And so uh, it makes oh, me want to see Jimmy Valen go get this, get this guy calling him a white uncle tom (laughs) (laughs) great oh my god sucker i mean this is great yeah i mean i understand why society is how it is but my god i i i like wrestling to be down and dirty and and grubby like this and uh yeah we need more of this wrestling but here's the thing they didn't do anything actually racist no. A lot of people think all this is racist, and like they balanced the, the line with this because it was ridiculous, you know. Yeah. It, 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 they a white Uncle Tom. What is that? Again? Yeah, I mean, it's not like mean? he went out and and like tar and feathered somebody. No, you know, you know it's... but but I miss that too. So who am I to? <laughs> um, I, I like that in my wrestling, and and I know it's not politically correct, and. It, 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 and, and and I know it represents something terrible in our history, uh, but it just it just well, you know what I like grubby wrestling. So well, uh, wrestling like, should never be politically correct because yeah. then it's then over. It's, yeah. it's not wrestling anymore. Right, but, 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 exactly. but, but the last thing I'm going to say about this is here's the weird thing about this angle because it, it, it brought race into it initially, but. Then it dropped it pretty much, but they just handled it in such a strange way because initially it's like the how often did you ever see the black guy go, you know what, fuck you, I'm a, I'm I'm declaring myself a proud black man and a heel. That didn't yeah. happen a lot back yeah. then, and then just he starts and he was Shaskawatli. That's my African name, and then he's. Again, you know, wearing a top hat and tails managed by a Nazi, and it went cuckoo. But initially, <laughs> it was something very rare at the time. 
Kelly, what did you fall think about this, man? Uh, yeah, this was a delightful surprise. Um, I didn't know Shaskawale was uh, such a good promo. This was a, uh, or maybe it's just the standards today are so low. But seeing this, um, yeah, this is good. This is legitimately good. good. Yeah, good. legitimately good promo. Um, yeah, I, I've seen bits and pieces of the, the Valiant Jones feud over the years, but I, I really. I always wanted you, Johnny, to put that comp together. Or we talked about this years yeah. ago. We were going to do a Titans episode devoted to the Jones Valiant feed. We never did, and I wanted it to happen because then I wanted to watch all the footage. So maybe no someday we'll do no it. One want, no one else has wanted to put it together. I, <laughs> no, I, I, I it was must literally be done. I was literally. Well, you know what? Will promised me that he was going to do it, and then it just never happened. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe it's up to Pete now. Disc one of these days. Yeah, yeah. Pete, has, Pete has all the discs, so maybe you have to do it, Pete. Yeah, Pete, uh, I don't have Pete, That's one of the things I don't have is Will's Crockett uh, stuff. So <laughs> that's um, no, that, no, yeah, that's, I have all this that's... crappy TNA and indies from 1979 <laughs> no, no. or whatever. No, no, um, Kelly. Kelly, that's that's piece piece a nice way of not saying me. I'm not gonna watch a bunch of <laughs> you motherfucker. See, I'm, I'm, I like you know I like good hard hitting matches, but I like the promos and the angles that lead up to it. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because especially if you're a good worker, you work your match according to your angle, uh, uh, which you know. It, it, let's get off that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then we get a, a match. We get uh, Manny Fernandez, Jimmy Valiant Ooh. versus the Russians. Uh, Kelly, what do you think of this match, man? Um, well, it's always great to see um, Ivan and Nikita together. Uh, and the Koloffs, they, they come out with Eddie Gilp. What is the other Russian guy? Korchenko. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with him. Yeah. He was there. He was, this was Mid-South. Right. Yeah, he, this they was when either, they got a rub here from them, and they got the big rub when they buried uh, Watts under the Russian flag. Right, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. That they're the the big angle where yeah, the cowboys buried under the flag or yeah, because um, yeah, the, they lo- they had to, they had to loan some good Russians to do that. Yeah, to, mm-hmm. to favorite because Korchenko stunk. Yeah. yeah, so that must have happened right around this time. Yep. that angle in mid south. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Valiant's super over. He, the the crowd loves yep. him. Crowd's totally into him. Um. But this was another short one. Russians work over Manny, hot tag to Boogie Woogie, and he gets in some offense. But then behind the ref's back, Valiant eats a sickle from Nikita, um, and Nikita was was not uh, legally in at that time. And then Ivan picks up the the tainted pin, so they protected Jimmy in the loss. Um, yeah, they 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 were all in on that feud at this point, uh, big time, and. Um, yeah, so for what it was, it was it was fine. I, I liked it more than you. I gave it two and three for us. Oh, uh, wow. They're just yeah. throwing stars out tonight. Because yeah. I really I enjoyed how the psychology worked here. If you really pay attention, you see a lot of little nuances here. And, and you see one here. Like, um, I love how early on Nikita, because he's the big boy, wants to test his strength. But you know what? Manny does it, but he learns his lesson. And then he takes Nikita down to the mat and kind of starts working a leg like okay we got to keep him on the mat this guy's a strong dude right. i actually love that piece of storytelling and psychology there 
And then, of course, you get Ivan in there, who might be arguably the most underrated worker in the yep. history of wrestling when it comes to shining up baby faces. And we're going to we're gonna see, see that in a big way next show. Yeah, and we see him here. He's great up uh, bumping and stooging for the faces and shining them up. He's doing that great, really making Manny and Valiant. I mean, he's making Valiant look freaking like he's an incredible worker. Yep. And, and Valiant's <laughs> a great worker in the sense he's a promo and charisma. But he's, but he, you know, but Ivan's just bumping for him big time. Um, and then uh, the the faces I thought had a really good shine um, with Ivan uh, just, you know, bumping and all that. And then finally uh, Manny misses a drop kick, and they set up the heat on Manny, which I really like. Manny, this was kind of like their Adonis. Manny and, and Jimmy Valiant were kind of like their Adonis and Jesse Ventura of the AWA in a way. Um, and they get the and Manny selling and then ping pong and and and, um, and then we finally get the, he makes the hot tag and and then Valiant's running wild and and uh, and then when Manny's all in and and then we get a nice great heel finish on this. I I really enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, is just because I think Ivan's such a smart. I mean, Ivan and, mm-hmm. and Manny are elite workers, and they're mm-hmm. so smart. And I thought they laid out a brilliant match. And and, I'm, and again, the shines and the cutoffs, and 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 and, and just the small little smart thing of taking Nikita down after a test of strength uh, because he knew he couldn't go toe to toe with them. I thought I thought there was a lot of smart work here. Where do you fall, John? Uh, of course I love this. I mean, and not just because it's Jimmy Valiant. It's because it's Jimmy Valiant, the Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, and Ivan and Nikita Cole. And I'm like, I'm all in. And it was hot. Crowd's hot. Everything you said is true. Jimmy Valiant looked great out there. And I can only attribute that to Ivan Koloff. Uh, Nikita still looks green every now and then, which I remember how much fun that was when he was still learning. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and he does a lot of this in on this show. Yeah, it was like, you know, it finally, like, for me with Nikita, the light finally turned on during the Magnum. Yes, I agree. And I think a lot of that, again, was Ivan was out there helping those guys lay out the matches and stuff. I agree. I agree. Uh-huh. I, I also wrote down, I go, I wrote, first thing I wrote down was, this is the most mid-Atlantic match ever, ever. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. oh, this is getting my, all my mid-Atlantic uh, juices flowing. And I actually, uh, at the... When I was watching this, I was like, oh, it's time for me to go to bed. And I went, I was supposed to get up early. And I rerouted my work day for the next day to take another uh, half an hour <laughs> to, to stay up and watch this because I was so so excited for it. And it paid off. I love Ivan and Nikita talking to each other in bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's right. the best. It's the the best. Oh no, Jay. Oh no. Oh no, Ivan. Oh no, Jay. Oh, no, it, it's gibberish, but it sounds real. I yeah. I don't know. Sounds yeah. good enough for me. Yeah. I, I bought it when I was. I bought it when I was a fucking teenager, and it it it's great. They're you're right. They're the high level Russians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Valiant is Hogan level tan here. His skin looks like a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts. Uh, that's part of that's part of Dusty. Dusty's like, baby, you gotta 
Get a tan and get some get, new tights, get baby. New tights and a tan, baby. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta keep you around. <laughs> and <laughs> and but you know what, Jimmy put Jimmy Valiant's finisher of all things. Jimmy Valiant, the, the as I call him, the guy with the most New York style ever to get over that big in a work rate area like Crockett. Yeah, he was light. Yeah. Yeah, he's every guy we'd see in 1974 footage. Yeah. Oh, totally. And New York guy. And he comes down. To, he's, it, it's literally in his song. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah, cool, yeah. cool, kid. <laughs> and he works the New York style in there, and they love him. He's surrounded by And you by know what? Workers. I think part of it also is he was the only one working the New York style in yeah. Crockett, you know? Yeah, he, when, yeah he put that's, the, that's when he put the sleeper on Ivan, the pop was huge. And it's so funny. Jimmy Valiant, who's like a, a boring <laughs> New York old school worker, his finisher, the sleeper right here. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. No, it was the elbow. But the sleeper was one of his finishers. <laughs> and they popped huge for him. God, I love this. This was fantastic. Then we originally were supposed to get Doc and Taylor. Versus the Canadians. What what yeah. happened here, um, uh, Kelly? Well, I guess the I don't Dino, know. Wait, hold on. D- Dino Bravo got busted at the border. <laughs> yeah, it was a foreshadowing his untimely uh-huh. demise seven years later. Um, <laughs> cigarette smuggling. Um, <laughs> That's but <laughs> they say Bravo's in the hospital. I don't know. Oh, I mean, uh, something happened because Martel's there. Right, he's, he's in the yeah. Martel's in the ring in a suit. He's in the ring. Yeah. Oh, he was in a suit. I didn't even think of him. Yeah, he's not really the focus too much, but he shakes hands with Taylor and Williams and then leaves. Um, oh no. Yeah. So Martel was there. So you'd think something must have happened. Like, why would Martel be there if they weren't going to have this match? So was Bravo really? Did he? Have, yeah. What did they say? Appendicitis. Yeah. Um, shit. Or maybe he just, yeah, got a different booking, a better booking, and just bailed. Uh, who knows? I don't know. What, what better? Or did Vince, did, Vince, did he join Vince at this time? Maybe Vince uh, stepped maybe. in and threw him some money to uh, bail on the tournament. I could see Vince doing that. He was he was doing things like that. Or, or, that's or, sad or, if you're or, paying Dino wait. Bravo. Also. <laughs> okay, that's, hold on. That's spinning some shit. What if, okay, I seriously doubt at this time Vince was like, I'm gonna fuck with her thing by getting Dino Bravo. <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe if you wanted D- to do it to Harley Race and No Show Starcade, the main event. But, <laughs> yeah, no, okay. Uh, hey, they were the number five seeded tag team in the one. They were ranked fifth, Pete. They were important. Yeah, and because Vince with being here no matter what. <laughs> because okay, uh, for sure. Because of the two at the time, where Vince really wants to wag a bunch of money is at Dino Bravo and not <laughs> Rick Martel. What? Come on. <laughs> I don't know. It's plausible. Uh, okay, you know what? Uh, you know what? It's plausible as them putting up the Crockett Cup so they can get footage of Bruce Pritchard announcing it. You know what, um, Pete? I was about to say that, and I, and I stopped myself and went, I'm going to allow Pete to say that. John, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. anyway, yeah, we, we don't get a match, of course. Yeah. <laughs> No. Really get a buy. Any any thoughts on this, Johnny? Obviously, no. Miss Martell in the ring. No, just 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 okay. I didn't realize it was Rick Martell in the ring, and that makes the one thing I uh, do remember even funnier. Someone yells, 
hey, where's Stan Hansen? I was like, hey. Oh, blow. That's kind of low. (laughs) It haunted Martel for years, really. (laughs) Quitter. You quit. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Tie, they didn't tap out for. They didn't quit back then. Champions. No. Um, and again, I and I got to see it live. And next match we're looking at is the Rock and Roll Express versus those nasty New Zealand bushwhackers. I mean, sleepers. <laughs> um, so stupid. Kelly, man, what did you think of this match? Uh, I was okay. Uh, I mean, I was really. Um excited when it started because this is two well the sheepbackers at this time were a pretty cool team violent and bloodthirsty and rock and rolls were the rock and rolls this was uh, a unique match i don't think these two teams uh met up too much over the years as far as i know anyway yeah they have a handful of uh they have some off late 88 crockett oh yeah i always forget crockett maybe for, late 87 yeah. early 88 right i always forget the sheepherders in crockett then uh, red hot crowd for this. The rock and rolls were, you know, arguably at their peak at this time, super popular. And it starts off with the sheep herders showing ass for a few minutes, really good. And then they get heat on Robert, hot tag to Ricky, get the huge double drop kick. You got Jack Victory, of course, at ringside carrying the flag, the New Zealand flag. And then this is when, you know, I didn't have a lot of notes for this. Um, the victory enters the ring with the New Zealand flag. The, the finish was kind of stupid. Uh, Ricky gets the flag and hits uh, Jack Victory with it. But for some reason, this this leads to a disqualification on the R&Rs. Um, okay. Because he was in the ring. Yeah. I mean, Victory should have been disqualified, or the Sheepherder should have been disqualified yeah, for right. Victory being in the ring. And then if you hit Victory with the flag, That's you right. know. Is that really a DQ? Because you, you, you hit the... You're hitting uh, somebody that shouldn't even be there. Hey, look. Yeah. Yeah, look, 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 look. That's like what? punching a fan that's in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? You know what? When you got two different book, booking offices and, try, and guys trying to figure out this shit, how, to fi- hell, how do we figure out how to get the Rock and Roll Express out of this without them fucking losing and all the fucking shit that goes back and forth? And they come up with this. And they're like, yeah, that'll do. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of messy. I mean, all he had to do, all Ricky had to do, was hit one of the sheep herders with the flag to make it a more uh, maybe legit DQ. Maybe he uh, just didn't like Jack Victory's looks. <laughs> the crowd hated it. You get a big bullshit chant yeah. at the end. And Dang. then my last note is this was the second worst call ever by Earl Hebner. <laughs> <laughs> What's the first? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> People have talked about it a lot. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. Or, or, or falling for the twin angle. Well, the okay, there's it's a the twins, well, right? See, that was that it's was Dave, twins. right? Or no, that was Earl. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> third worst call. Hey guys, why do we hate New Zealand? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I've never understood it. Because the sheep herders are from there. <laughs> but there are allies. In no way, there. Why do we hate New Zealand? Why do why do these particular? Because they come from the wrong locker room, Johnny. But but why do these particular New Zealanders hate us? I don't get it. I mean, it worked. It worked like gangbusters all over the territories. And I'm like, why the fuck does this? What? I don't get it. And I thought, you know what? They all got their start 
in didn't they all get their start in Australia? So if the news, if the, that's the only place where right, New Zealanders yeah. can be heels and it, have it make sense, and then they just came over here and was like, ah, we don't like America, like ooh boo, but it's like if you look at it, you're like, what? It's New Zealand, they're allies. Well, these are ugly New Zealanders. Oh, yeah, yeah, ugly. yeah, being ugly helps. War pants. Yeah. Um, oh, they, yeah, they did. You know, it's like they're one of the more underrated draws. I love them. I uh, love them. They did. They did business in, in Calgary. They did business yeah. in Portland. They Portland. did business. They did, they did a huge business in San Antonio uh, for a big comparison to what they were right. doing at the time. Yeah. Um, they did well in Crockett and did good business. Puerto Rico as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 okay, as and then and then totally changed their act up to become a a big part of the huge. WWF uh, machine. The most the most the most unbelievable thing ever when you really think about it is, I mean, they made a shit ton of money as the fucking bushwhackers, which yeah, I hated at the time. I still yeah. don't look, look I, I, and I don't look back on it and go, let me, you know, oh. Nostalgia has made me like this. No, it's fucking stinks. But people loved it. It went. Yeah. It was crazy. They were huge. And, and it led to the great uh, Will versus Aubrey Sitterson uh, uh, debate. Oh, that blew up on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, oh well. There's a blast from the past. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That's so far in the past. I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, you don't. No, I did. Let's let's keep it that way. <laughs> okay, yeah. Freaking going nuts! It really got ugly, dude. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But yeah, but, but yeah, that's just it. I mean, you got you got to know Ricky Morton. Okay, Ricky Morton probably talks about this match. I want to shoot interviews like this. He's like, well, you know, it was the first Crockett Cup, baby, and you know, you know, we were huge. We was on top. You know, we was on top feuding with the Midnight Express uh, and Jim Crockett. But you know, we we promoted in New Orleans at the Superdome, which is you know. Uh, uh, Bill Watts area, and you know it was decided, man. It was a, uh, it was a, uh, it was Tommy and Bobby's night that night. It was Tommy and Bobby's night, and you know me and Ricky, we know, you know, we look at each other, and say, hey, hoot, you know, hey, whatever the fuck your nickname is, and uh, and you know we said it's the kids' night, you know, so we were fine with uh, what, what happened or some shit like that, because they were mm-hmm. rock and rolls were huge at the time. This is like here we are, and yeah, you're yeah. Out, out, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was basically formula rock and roll here. Um, I liked the Battle of the Flags early. Uh, I thought this match had more heat than pretty much everything on the show at this oh, point. Oh, huge heat. Huge Yeah. Yep. The, uh, the big miss was Gibson going into the post. And, you know, that's the other thing. Rock and roll get this. They, 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 the history was always more than sold every, for everything. After 1986 and Crockett, Robert Gibson sold a mm-hmm. lot for him because Ricky Morton was – the guy who was going to get matches with Flair, mm. so they didn't want him to be the guy who ate the heat all the time. So he, uh, from 86 to pretty oh. much when they left Crockett, Gibson uh, was the guy who did got the heat for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. And then oh, Morton okay. became the hot tag, actually. Yeah. Uh, oh, because I noticed that in a lot of matches where I where I would think to myself, Hey, Robert Gibson does a lot of this babyface apparel shit too. Why doesn't he get any credit? You know, that's why. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think this is one he was going right into uh, feuding with uh, Flair during the Great American Bash. That, makes, that totally makes sense. 
Yep, and they wanted to keep him protecting because he's going to be working on top of Flair. Um, uh, so yeah, so and then so Gibson the face in peril and and he, he did a really good job here and I like I like the sheep herders. You know they don't do anything fancy with kicks and punches, but you know what? Gibson hurt his arm and that's what the sheep herders targeted. Good good story. Uh, and then we get the nice comeback and the finisher worked better if Morton. Uh, hit one of the sheep herders or something, and yeah. uh, not victory. Uh, but you know, it was a small finish. So a lot of fun. I give it, give it two and three fourths. It's still a lot. The work I thought was good, and uh, they did a, it was all action. Um, and then, and then the stuff that they schmozzed with with the flag that I thought worked and got over. Uh, so it worked for me. What about you, John? Where are you following this? Oh, I got nothing more to add. Match is fine. You know, it was just like not it's not the rock and roll's night to shine. You know, right. it wasn't their night to shine. This was Crockett, uh, and uh, this was a crossover match. They didn't work together a lot because you, you mentioned '88. Well, it was '86. You know, they haven't worked together a lot. It's just not the rock and roll's night. I'm sure they were fine with it. They're still top guys getting paid. Yeah, exactly. Um, and our final match of the evening here that we're going to talk about. Uh, this is going to be part one. We get Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson versus the Fantastics. What did you think about this one, John? I, I love your impression of awful Bruce Pritchard and how he <laughs> announces the Fantastics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sounds so nervous here, and I don't blame him. He's a fucking kid. That's crazy. But it just goes to show you, like I mentioned, everyone was involved with this that. You know that it was even tangently had a working relationship. They're all involved in it, including Paul Bosch. So that's what you got. We'll see more of that later. And here come the Fantastics, and they're doing their other thing that the Rock and Roll Express didn't have to do. The Rock and Roll Express would slap hands with some of the fans, but the Fantastics would walk around the entire ringside uh-huh. area and slap hands slowly. With every single person getting <laughs> kissed by ugly women and underage girls trying to stick their tongues into their fucking mouths. And every single one. And I was like, why the fuck are they doing this? This is a turn. I'm like, oh, this is the nighttime one. We did it once in the morning. We got to do it again to open the, the nighttime tournament. That's part of our gimmick. Because they had different colored gear on uh, as well, which I thought was... That's super fucking professional. That's fucking no knowing your fucking gimmick. And then at one point during the match, JJ, you know, JJ, he was always like, How, what, what did they pay him to do? What did they pay him for? He just kind of stands around and rubs his chin a lot. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> Tommy Rogers, I think, was in the outside. And then JJ just saunters over to him slowly gives him one kick in the gut and then turns around on one heel and then slowly saunters away. Like, he's like, oh, that's my paycheck for the day, you know, just earn my keep. It just it goes back to doing nothing. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Uh, I thought the match was really good. There was not... Okay, here's one thing I was thinking about. Tully Blanchard was doing it, or Arn, that I want to see come back. I want to see heels scrape their opponents' faces on their goddamn shoelaces again. I want to see that come back. I love it. It it always looks... I'm like, oh, that's legitimate, man. That would fucking hurt. 
That would fucking hurt. I want to see that come back because this match had a, a was lousy with that shit. And I loved <laughs> it. And again, just the Fantastics. Just someone pointed out they worked three different style teams throughout this whole fucking thing. And uh, at three different completely matches. And yeah, at three yeah. completely different matches. Uh, and we'll get to you know the creme de la creme next week. Uh, but you know they're th- this is their star making fucking appearance here. It's it's unreal. I really enjoyed the match. I really didn't. I enjoyed. It. I was like I was gonna watch this and enjoy it. And I liked it. What do you think, Kelly? Yeah, this was my favorite of the uh, first two hours. Um, kind of a dream match, right? Fantastics and versus Tully and Iron. Yeah, it the, felt like I think the only time they ever wrestled in the Crockett Cup was here in I think in '87, uh, or it might be I mean, and I'm in, uh, in uh, uh, not '87, but in '88. '88. Yeah, I wasn't sure how many times they wrestled during that run. Yeah, and, uh, at, and, at, yeah. and at this point, Tully and Arn were not an established tag team. No, no, yeah, I was just about to say they'd only teamed a handful of times before this, and of course it was supposed to be Arn and Flair, or that was the the announcement at the seedings. Um, for teams, where was and they Ole? were both. Where was Oli? Where, where that, that's that? what I was wondering. Yeah, why didn't we get the Andersons as a team? Um, yeah, no Oli. Uh, Tully and I were both singles champions at this time. Yep, Tully was the national champion, even though uh, Bruce Pritchard fucked up and didn't announce yep. him as national champion. And and you can see um, uh, Tully's a little upset, and then yep. Dylan goes over and tells. Richard, and then he he does then he corrects himself. And Tully Tully yells at JJ, tell him to yeah. do his job. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, Arn's the TV champ, right? Yeah, at this time, and yeah, uh, I like the atmosphere before this match. It was tense. Like the first thing we see is um, the Fabs or the Fantastics are jawing with Tully outside the ring. You know, the, I think the Fantastics even have chairs. Yeah. Uh, it's tense. Yeah, it reminded me of, like, two top sports teams, you know, before the game starts, where they you have, like, that meeting in the middle sort of thing when they're, you know, they almost come to blows. You see that sometimes with, like, the top teams, or, or you saw it more back in the day, I guess. That's what this reminded me of. Uh, it was the tense atmosphere. Um, yeah, and there was so many great touches. I mean, these are two... Great tag teams. They know everything. Um, I love the spot where Tully, uh, he tagged Arn from the outside of the ring. and, Arn, and But Earl Hedner doesn't allow it. Uh, Arn tries to get in, but Earl's like, no, I mean, Tully's not even in the ring. You can't, can't allow it. Nice little touch. Um, and then Tully goes for a blind tag on Arn. And they're attempting to catch the Fantastics off guard, but the Fantastics were on top of it. They sniff it out. So when Arn gets in with a blind tag, the Fantastics are there to meet him. Uh, just great little touches like that. I really enjoyed. Uh, Fantastics have a really good shine in this one, too, just like in the first match. Um, then Fulton uh, plays face in peril. Uh, you just have tag team 101 here. Double teaming, heels cheating, behind the rest back, face in peril. Uh, great hope spots throughout. Uh, Fantastics, as we've mentioned, super over. We get a hot tag to Rogers, House of Fire, and both Arn and Tully. And then the match ends with poetic justice because the Fantastics get pinned by double teaming behind the ref's back to turn the tables on Arn and Tully. 
Uh, Fulton dropkicks Rogers on top of Arn for the three count. Huge pop. Love that um, finish, too. Yeah, really cool finish. It was timed really well. Sometimes that's not timed great, and it was really timed really well here. Uh, people jumping up and down in the crowd, really into the fantastic swing this match. And I went three and a half stars. It's cool. It's, you know, Mid-South over uh, Crockett match. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of hometown fans there that were like, yeah, fuck yeah, Mid-South or UWF. Yeah, two members I just of the beat a Crockett the team. Biggest heel group in their company. Right, yeah. well, right. As that heel group was just forming. You know? Right, I mean, that, yeah, they started forming, forming in 85, so it's still a year... So in 86 is, you know. Yeah, yeah that, it was the that, beginning of it. Yeah. But, but nevertheless, nevertheless, what it is, but when, when they've never worked together before, or, or as a, Tully and Arn were not, as we said, an established team at that time at all. And when's the last time they, so they've never wrestled the Fantastics. But that's how fucking good all four of them are, but especially Tully and Arn. Uh, uh, I, I think, but, but all four of them to be just like, nope, we're this good to do this match and we've never done it before. We, it's something they, you know, ran into each other anywhere else in, mm-hmm. in, in, in this configuration at all. So it, it's a testament to how great these guys are to, to mm-hmm. put on a match this good. Cause they're not, oh, they weren't all backstage fucking go, okay, then we're going to do this. And then we're going to, no, fuck no. They called that shit in the ring mm-hmm. and look what they did. It's great. Tell Tully and Bobby Fulton, I think had some experience working Southwest. Okay. Well, that, yeah, that, that probably helped. Yeah, yeah. I I like this. I gave it three and three fourths. Uh, I I thought it was the second best match of the first round. I still gave it to the Fabs, but this thing was tremendous too. Um, uh, and you know, I could easily if I rewatched them, I could flip flop on which one I liked more. I uh, I felt this was more gritty as opposed to the Fabs, which was more poetry and motion type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Tully showing ass for Tommy Rogers on their punch punch exchange, and and now Arnie Stooges for Tommy early on. Um, I loved uh, Fulton and Arn when they squared off, and the the Horsemen uh, 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 cheat and get to get some heat on Fulton. Big spine buster by Arn, and I I love uh-huh. the cut off of the tag on Fulton. I was a great moment, and then when they do it right, it's, it works so well. Um, big, big um, uh, miss by Arn that sets up the hot tag. Uh, now they're running wild, and we go into that great finish. Uh, just to go, we get a gourd buster uh, that I thought was going to steal uh, uh, the pin for the heels, but it doesn't. And then uh, uh, they're running wild, and they do that great finish. Just good stuff. And, you know, I remember reading Gary Hart's book, and he always talked about the Fantastics being a great tag team. But he always felt sometimes they were business exposing because they would, because as a team, they would really, they would rotate around who got the heat, who got the hot tag um, when they were running the Southern Formula. That's and he funny. felt that was business uh, exposing. I To me, that makes sense. Uh, why uh, wouldn't you rotate it? Uh it shouldn't be the same guy doing it all over. Well, you, we just, you, we just we just said that you know that that's yeah. what made the Rock and Roll Express not just be super repetitive. Yeah. So yeah, look, I lo- look, I love Gary Hart as much as the next person. I've read his book as well, but you know, just because we love him doesn't mean we have to agree with everything he says. Oh, exactly. I, I like tag teams like 
the Rock and Roll Express, like Fantastics, like uh, Strike Force, where you have two guys who can take the heat or be the hot tag and yeah. uh, and it wouldn't work either way, it'd be effective either way. Um, on that note, um, I mean, this has been really fun so far, yeah. and, uh, and the tournament I think has been well, it's been well structured. And yeah, this has been the Fantastics night. It's just been so many different nuances than done. Um, I would say after seeing everything, I wish we talked about the finish. I mean, the finals. I think I would have eliminated some of these teams because uh, they didn't. It felt really bloated at times and rushed. Um, oh, this show! So, this show is the epitome of bloat. That yeah. was the point. The point is like we're gonna put it all out. Batten twins, come on! I mean, the whole point is like yeah. it, the whole point. We're gonna do a daytime show and a nighttime show. It's all about being bloated here. Yeah, yeah. but that was to sell the show as being epic, right? It was yeah. teams from everywhere. You had to make it big, even if the matches were going to be, or a lot of them were going to be meaningless. Yeah. Once you ran them, the hope was to draw a, a decent house by by making this like the greatest tournament of all time. Yeah. So far, so good, I had to say, guys. What about you, uh, Kelly? Where are you falling so far? So good? Yeah, uh, like I said, right from the get-go with the Fantastics versus the Fabs, I was right into it. Yeah. Um, I love this era, as we all do. Uh, like, 80s territory wrestling's my yeah. favorite stuff. Yep. Um, tag teams, I love tag teams. I mean, I once hosted a podcast called Tag Teams Back Again <laughs> yeah. with uh, good, good old Marty Slees, who's... Uh, no, no longer with us, <laughs> at least in the podcast world. Is he dead? Uh, no, uh, no. He, he he saw him a few, I think he's watching a lot of General Hospital. Yes, he is. <laughs> um, but anyway, that was all about yeah, WWF tag teams. But no, we dipped into um, AWA and Memphis and stuff on that, too. Um, but yeah, when I was a kid, like as a young wrestling fan, 9, 10 years old, tag team wrestling, I think, was my favorite part of a wrestling card. And, and if you uh, do it right, man, it's the easiest formula. I mean, a Southern tag, I yeah. think it's like the most bulletproof formula in, in wrestling. And uh, mm-hmm. it's like almost like shocking why people don't do it. Is, uh, yeah. It's easy formula. Yeah, yeah, really great stuff. And I went three and a half on that Fantastics Tully and our match. I don't know if I mentioned that. So, yeah, yeah okay. So, yeah, shade below yours. And, uh, yeah, this this show is great. I haven't watched the rest of it. I know you guys already have. Oh. So I'm, I'm really, um, I'm really uh, excited about the rest of this card. John, any final thoughts on the show so far? Uh, just that I figure we should, since this is the intermission of our, our doing uh, our podcast about the show, um, this it ends with Bruce announcing it's intermission time. Yeah. And it's time for the plug. So now young Bruce Pritchard uh, has to plug both the upcoming watch show and the upcoming Crockett show. <laughs> so he, he announces that's intermission very clumsily. And he's like, and ladies and gentlemen, please come to, you know, get your tickets for the next show here. Doesn't announce anything about it whatsoever. Just the next show, it'll be on July the 3rd and, you know, get your tickets now. And, <clears throat> and if you're planning a vacation in July, don't. Because that's the time for the Great American Bash 1986 coming to cities all over you. Crockett's plug was dope. And everything, Crockett got in a great plug with that whole, like, if you're planning a vacation in July, don't. 
It's time for the Great American Bash. Dusty wrote that shit. Baby, this is what you're going to read, Bruce This is what you're going to read. Okay? And But Watts didn't give him shit. Just come to the next show, stupid. <laughs> yeah. I know. Just a regular show. Yeah. yeah. It, that, that was kind of <laughs> a bad comparison with Crockett, but you know. I guess it was and the next show funny. at the Superdome, but still. And it's funny, I mean, you're you're really cranking on Bruce Pritchard, and then like a year later, hey, hey. He's, he's supposedly, in his history, he was the guy who stabbed Paul Bosch in the back and have to explain. You have to explain what cranking on means. I have no idea what that means. Cracking on. Cracking on or cranking? Yeah, cracking on. Oh, yeah, of course I'm cracking on him. He's fucking yeah. hilarious. <laughs> so I just find it doubtful that he was this genius that was able to uh, uh, manipulate Paul Bosch into giving him all his secrets so he could give them to Vince. I just, oh, I didn't know that story. <laughs> well, on his podcast, he made it sound like he was Vince's inside man and, and fed Vince information on how... Paul Bosch and Peter Burkholz was gonna try to screw Vince out of out of Gates and all this shit. Oh, see, I didn't know. I, I didn't know that yeah. story. Yeah, but look, a lot of Bruce was full of shit. I mean, I I oh, listened look. to it because I'm a Houston buff, and I, there was like at least fifty to a hundred bullface lies he said. I have no <laughs> look, look, look. I have no particular love for the man. My my whole theory I came up with wasn't because I'm a fan. Of, right. of the guy. I mean, I enjoy the podcast because I like listening to bullshitters bullshit. Uh, th- no, that's fun for me. But no, so yeah, oof, that, I didn't know that story. Yeah, like he's gonna pull one over on Paul Vosh. Get the fuck. Yeah, out. he was. He was like, <laughs> yeah, it was just ridiculous. His mentor. And so I mean, if he's telling the story, he comes across like the biggest scumbag and stuff because yeah. everyone liked Paul Bosch. Um but on that note, hey, follow me on Twitter at Titans of Wrestling. Kelly, anything you want to plug? Yeah, you should plug the uh, the shows on the feed. Um, greetings from Allentown this week. Peter Winston's looking at WCW Worldwide from February 26, 1994. That was that interesting period where it was before Hogan came over. I, Flair was booking, right? So you had a lot of cool stuff going on. This was when I first started, actually had TBS for the first time was uh, right around this time, like wow. January 94. So, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff. Um, Ricky Steamboat was still there. Flair, of course, yeah, having matches. One of my talking points was WCW. They'd have every other year, seemed like they'd have a really incredible half a year. And for <laughs> the first half of 94, yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, you had like two all-time pay-per-views back-to-back, Spring Stampede and Slamboree. Yeah, the Dustin Rhodes feuding with the uh, Stud Stable. Yeah, yeah. You know, you had Rick Rude, uh, freaking Pillman. I mean, just yeah, they had a great roster. Yeah. And, uh and before Hogan came in and turned things into uh, oh, a Hogan show. Turned, wait, hold on, turned things into. Well, I know he made yes a lot of money, money, a lot of money. Look, a lot I of loved, money. Look, I loved, I love old WCW that wasn't making any money. It's some of my favorite wrestling in the world. And a lot of the WCW that did make money don't care for it. But, God, let's just be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not doubting uh, their success. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Part. Hogan made it. They drew money with Hogan. But um, they, he also, you know, they could have made a lot more money. <laughs> 
Perhaps. You know what? But they, you know, the quality you know, I, I, I of the show care. just you know took a nosedive. I don't care how much money. No, no, because the corporate structure would have fucked it up no matter how much fucking money they made. No, I'll say it. I mean, Hogan Flair should have drawn a lot more money. Uh, Hogan Vayner should have drawn a shit ton more money. Uh, uh, it, it just, I, well, that's a whole show for another thing. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm actually talking about when he turned heel, about you know, drawing money as Hogan, because that initial stuff is some of the worst shit ever. Yeah, but no, it did turn the company around, though, because oh, they yeah. were doing not much before Hogan came. But then, yes, the NWO thing sent it into hyperspace or overdrive oh, yeah. or whatever cliche you want to throw at it. Um, we also have the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast, all about Pacific Northwest Wrestling. Check that out. And Days of Thunder is dropping or dropped yesterday, I guess, because when this comes out, it'll be Friday. Um, they come out on Thursdays. That's all about WCW Thunder from uh, starting in 1998, so right at the beginning of the show. So our, our, we have a very WCW-heavy feed uh, this week, uh, nostalgic WCW well, feed. Well, that's appropriate, considering the news. <laughs> yes, right, because everything old is new again with Bischoff uh, becoming a very important person in mm-hmm. WWE, hey, apparently. Look, look, look at the movies out right now. Everything's Toy Story, Child's yeah. Play, everything's 90s movies. It's, it's the 90s. Spider-Man. Movie. Yeah. And we're stuck in the 80s, so fuck the 90s. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. <laughs> That's all right. right. On that note, uh, John, do you have anything you want to plug? Nope. All right. On that note, everyone have a great week, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Right about now, you're about to be possessed by the sounds of MC Rawface and DJ Easy.
nation. I'm back to bases then. I'm kind of stingy, that's why I don't want to win. A funky rhyme to a foe or a good friend. Now listen up, because I want you to comprehend. Because I'm the leader, the man, superior. I take care of you, and then you get worried. Of. So that's it, my rhymes are not counterfeit. The record sells, which makes this one a hit. It won't hurt to listen to Red Alert. Take off the shirt, make sure it don't hit the dirt. I like the kids, the guys, the girls. I want the duck, because this is raw-based world. I'm on a mission, you better just listen. Tell my rhymes, because I'm all about dissing, because... So let's go. So throw up your hands. Go for one. 